Good news, good news, good news. I feel like I'm saying, hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Uh, welcome to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I'm so grateful to have you along for the ride today here on this Good News Friday. So many things to talk about. We're going to talk about our relationship with our friends at Preborn and how more and more babies, another couple of dozen, have been saved this week thanks to your efforts. Also, we've got Pastor of the Week to talk about and a surprise in the Pastor of the Week competition as more and more names keep flooding in. We only have a couple of weeks. we got this week and next week left naming our Pastors of the Week during Pastor Appreciation month you've got no time left just go to capebrightradio.com if you have not nominated your pastor as yet uh, please know that if you did we had five prize packs to give away and we've given away well today we'll give away the fourth one so there's only one more left we've had dozens of entries so far it's been wonderful the response has been tremendous but there's still time and you never know i mean this is the place where i don't necessarily believe in luck or chance but I know that we've had so many names and they all fill out, you fill out the same form. You go to kbrightradio.com, you find the banner for Pastor Appreciation Month, you click on the banner, and then the banner takes you through uh, some prompts to nominate your pastor or pastors. We've had uh, our first winner was uh, a couple of brothers who pastor a church in San Diego. Uh, this week, actually, um, our winner, can I tell you this? Well, no, I won't. I'll tell you later. I mean, why this is kind of unique for us in terms of our winner, uh, who was nominated and uh, why. But the, uh, you know, and I guess I'm tipping my hand. I mean, I already picked the name before I came on the air. Okay, I just, I, I want you to know, I mean, just full transparency, we've already had the drawing. Usually I'll wait and we do a big drum roll. And I, this time I just couldn't resist. I was like, oh, it's Pastor of the Week. And I dug my hand in, I pulled it out and went, oh, wait, I haven't gone on the air yet. So Teresa and Crystal know, uh, Todd knows, Joel knows, I know, but I'll share it with you coming up in the regular time in the second hour. Um, <laughs> but but it's, it's just exciting. When you register your pastor, please know that we're only going to choose one more name. So I don't, I'll be honest with you, I haven't checked the rules recently. I don't know if you can enter more than once. I think you can. But anyway, go to kbrightradio, K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Look for the Pastor Appreciation Month banner and then nominate your pastor. We ask your, for your contact info, for their contact info. And then we have some fun. The pastor wins a uh, prize pack, a gift basket that's full of resources. I mean, pastors are in <laughs> pastors are in short supply, but the resources for pastors, you know, it's not like you could say, hey, pastor, take six months off for a sabbatical and go study somewhere and pray. I mean, we're in the trenches right now. And so this is kind of like a uh, portable sabbatical, if you will, books and DVDs, and CDs, journals, things like that. And they're from David Jeremiah. Charles Stanley, uh, Pastor Rick Warren, and others. You have the programmers you hear here on the Bottom Line Show station leading up to the Bottom Line Show. And then it gets even better because once you pull the name of the church where the pastor or pastors are pastoring, um, that church also gets 100 Bibles, compliments of our friends at Truth For Life, the ministry of Alistair Begg, which is heard every weekday at 12 noon on Cape Ride, our flagship affiliate for the Bottom Line Show. So, if you are looking to get some swag, if you will, for your pastor and 100 new Bibles for your congregation, then you want to go to kbrightradio.com and sign up for the Pastor Appreciation Month uh, giveaway. That that drawing is, we, we've already done the drawing for today. I'll announce the winner in the next hour. But um, there's one more drawing. So I encourage you to uh, check that out at kbrightradio.com. Um, some good news regarding, well, a couple of cases that are sanctity of life things and 
you know, religious liberty issues. We just we're, we're full of good news for you today <laughs> here on the Bottom Line Show. Um, interesting to note that when it comes to the sanctity of human life, we know where most of Americans stand. Uh, California's very evil Proposition 1 that's on the ballot, Pastor Jack Hibbs from Real Life with Pastor Jack Hibbs, uh, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, which comes on after the bottom line today at 4.30. Jack and I talked this past Tuesday on Super Tuesday about Prop 1, about the uh, website <clears throat> that he and his team have created called StopProp1.com. It's S-T-O-P-P-R-O-P, number one, dot com. Proposition 1 would enshrine into the Constitution of the United States or excuse me, the state of California, same thing for some people, would basically enshrine a woman's right to have an abortion up until labor and delivery. As it stands right now, it is legal to abort a child, and they've p- passed all sorts of measures that would uh, make it easier for a woman to get access, for younger women to get abortions without notifying their parents, etc., etc. And just for good measure, He's also made this not only an abortion tourism state, but also a uh, transgender uh, surgical uh, uh, sanctuary, if you will. So a child, for example, in Texas says, I want to become transgender. Or in the case of the Younger family, uh, Jeff Younger and his sons, James and Jude, um, their mom, a woman called Ann Gergolius, who's a pediatrician of all things, um, has decided that James Younger, uh, one of her twin sons, is actually a girl. She decided to start calling him, referring to him as a girl by the time he was two. They wound up getting a divorce over this, and now she has full custody of the kids because of crooked judges in Harris County, Texas. She's planning on closing her medical practice and moving to California so that she could start basically castrating her son and emasculating him and and neutering him and turning him into a girl. Now, his dad says that he doesn't want this. But in the People's Republic of California, Governor Newsom has actually signed legislation that would make it impossible for dad to find out where mom was living, which doctors were actually doing the medical procedures, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's insidious. Prop 1 must be defeated. I mean, it has to. And you can go to stopprop1.com. And we've linked that up at thebottomlineshow.com. Check my recommendations. Check Craig Huey's recommendations at Election Forum. I Voter Guide, My Faith Votes, they all say the same thing. But what's interesting about this is the governor is, is so certain, A, that he's going to win re-election, that B, he can spend all this campaign cash trying to prop up Prop 1. The problem, though, is that more and more women, in particular, are not as pro-abortion as he thinks they are. A Rasmussen poll says that 79% of Californians favor some kind of restriction on abortions in the third trimester. That includes 70% of Democrats. Now, that number is huge because 48% of the electorate in California are registered Democrats. 70% of them do not want abortion on demand and without any limitations up until labor and delivery. But the governor keeps acting as if they do. But there's good news nationwide, and hopefully this will fall into the People's Republic of California. When it comes to how elections are won or lost, you know Democrats are going to vote one way on the majority, and Republicans are going to vote another way on the majority. And when it comes to the abortion issue, 70% of Democrats are pro-abortion, and 69% of Republicans are pro-life. So there are majorities within those parties. That's not going to change. 
What is changing, though, and this is where elections are won or lost, and people forget this, but elections are won or lost with the independent voter, the no-party preference voter, and the voter who has the Green Party, peace and freedom, whatever. I speak to you today as a registered Republican who is a no-party preference voter. Here's what I mean by that. In the state of California, if you want to participate in the Democrat uh, primary, you can. doesn't matter where you're registered. You know, they, they don't care. If you're not registered as a Republican, though, you can't participate in Republican primaries. But we are, our family, the vast majority of us in the Marsh household are basically, we are policies over politics. We are principles over personalities. So when it comes to the sanctity of human life, we're not voting on this because it's a Republican issue or voting against it, a Democratic issue. We're voting because we believe it's the right thing to do. And more and more people are finding that that's how they think and feel as well. As a matter of fact, a recent survey was conducted, Life News uh, has got this up, lifenews.com, about women who are registered as independent or don't have a major party preference. And they have been, typically when it comes to abortion, it's a New York Times-Siena poll, by the way, uh, typically when it comes to abortion, independent voters who are female will vote pro-abortion. But wouldn't you know it that nationwide... In September, Democrats were favored by 14 points. And that's with all the Roe versus Wade is over and we're going to do huge fundraising drives, campaigning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 14 points uh, lead for Democrats over Republicans when it comes to independent women and would they vote with the Democrat policy or the Republican Party. Well, guess what? The poll was taken again a month later in early October. And now guess who's in the lead? (laughs) Yep. Republican candidates are now polling 18 points higher for independent female voters compared to the Democrat lead of 14 last month. That's a 32-point switch, and this is a New York Times poll. By the way, um, that same group of women, 45% of them said that they strongly disapprove of President Biden, 45% said that they would be more likely to vote for a Republican candidate than a Democrat candidate just because of him. (laughs) Oh, my heavens. But this is very good news, especially when it comes to how elections are won or lost, as I mentioned, because it is the independent voter that makes or breaks an election. It was the independent voters, allegedly, that abandoned Donald Trump and went toward Joe Biden in 2020. And now it appears anyway, and this is good news and keep praying about it, that independent women who typically would have voted to support Democrat candidates, Democrat policies, and pro-abortion measures are now flocking to Republican candidates, conservative ideologies, and pro-life bills as well. Speaking of pro-life, I want to thank, once again, i got to give a big shout-out to Robert from Crow's Landing earlier this week. But last Friday, actually, he made a $1,500 donation to our friends at Preborn. Uh, 833-850-BABY is the number to call. We're in a campaign right now, and coming up next week, we're going to give you a special opportunity. Uh, We've been asking for your support for the past three weeks to help save the life of a child. When a woman goes into a pregnancy resource center and has a chance to get a free pregnancy test and look at the ultrasound of her child, 83 times out of 100, for every 100 women who go to a pregnancy resource center, 83 of them, on average, will see that ultrasound and say either I want to be a mother 
or I want to carry this child to term and bless another family by releasing this child for adoption. Only 17 of those women will go through with an abortion. Abortion clinics don't talk about adoption. They refuse to show the ultrasound to the mother. They'll do an ultrasound because their abortionist needs to have ultrasound guidance to basically get after the child's body. But at a preborn clinic, they see the ultrasound because they show you that picture. And it's amazing how many women are seeing their children for the first time. Sometimes dad's there too to watch. They get to hear the heartbeat and they make the decision either to adopt or to raise that child. $280 will save 10 lives. It's really that simple. It's $28 per child. My goal with the Bottom Line Show is that by the time our campaign is through, I want to see at least 400 children saved through the giving of an, uh, this individual ultrasound appointment. That's $28, covers everything on that appointment. Um, starting next week, we are actually going to go after getting an ultrasound machine for a pregnancy resource center or a pregnancy health center. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Just mentioned you heard about this on the bottom line. Had a gift yesterday once again. A lot of $140 donations are coming in to save five kids' lives, and I think that's wonderful. A couple of $280 donations, and I mentioned that one, $1,500. I know there's another $1,500 donation waiting to call in today, so this is your permission. Give Preborn a call at 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com. Look for the banner with the really cute newborn baby all wrapped up in swaddling cloths and uh, click on there. You can go through the process to make your safe and tax-deductible donation within 28 seconds or less. That's at kbrightradio.com or thebottomlineshow.com. As we continue, have you ever wondered about the life of Joseph, how many people follow his example, and yet for some reason, we as Christians have never been able to kind of articulate and identify all of the principles that he actually put into play just by being obedient to God. Well, author Stephen Scott has done just that. He has a brand new book called The Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Stephen joins me to talk about those principles on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues. Clients love her. Insurance companies fear her. No other personal injury attorney knows the inner workings of insurance companies like Stephanie Cover of Cover Law. In a cutthroat industry where most attorneys don't even last five years, Stephanie Cover spent 20 years defending insurance companies, never compromising her integrity despite constant external pressure. During those 20 years, Stephanie Cover gained invaluable insight into the tricks of the trade. She knows more about your insurance policy than your adjuster does. Today, Cape Wright's personal injury attorney uses her unparalleled knowledge of the insurance company's playbook to call their bluff every time, even earning the grudging respect from lawyers and adjusters who know they can't get anything by her. She used to defend them. Now she beats them at their own game. Schedule a free, no-obligation consultation at capebrightradio.com slash coverlaw. She knows the other side. You've gotten to the point where you say, God, is this all there is? You know, has life gone the way it was? Did, was there a major event that happened in your life that kind of knocked you sideways? And, and you begin to wonder, how do I rebound from this? Uh, joining me today here on the program is Stephen K. Scott. He's the best-selling author of the book, The Richest Man Who Ever Lived, Mentored by a Millionaire, Simple Steps to Impossible Dreams, and the Greatest Words Ever Spoken. Uh, this is a guy who learned literally from the School of Hard Knocks. He's the co-founder of the American Telecast Corporation, Total Gym Fitness, etc. He's got a brand new book out. 
And uh, with this pedigree, you know it's going to be a good one. It's called the Joseph Principles, and the subtitle is perfect, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Stephen Scott, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, thank you, Roger. It's great to be here, bud. Your mentor and dearest friend is a guy who had a huge influence on me, Gary Smalley. Yeah. And uh, we, we have a commonality of Whittier, California, and just I, I loved his DNA relationships, everything he did. Talk about your relationship with Gary and why, how that kind of factors into this book. Well, Gary was my best friend and my mentor. I wrote his first two books with him in 1977. I put him on TV for 10 years on Hidden Keys to Loving Relationships. Mm -hmm. But much more than that, we were best friends for 43 years till the day wow. he died. Mm -hmm. And um, we launched his ministry together and just uh, he was my go to. And I had seven books in development. In fact, Gary had asked me to write a particular one on the commands of Christ. And I was 14 chapters into that when he died. And when he died, something happened to me that I didn't realize. This giant piece of my heart, my passion for teaching and writing just disappeared. I lost my passion, so I didn't do any future, any additional work on any of the seven titles, including the one I was writing for Gary. And uh, then I was, that was in 2016. In 2020, I was hospitalized with COVID, and mm. one of the nights that uh, I was there, I don't remember much, but I remember three things that happened. And one of those things, I was awakened at 2.20 in the morning, and the Lord very, very clearly and without kindness, I shouldn't say without kindness, very firmly said, you're in the final period of your life, and I want you to take back your calling. Hmm. And calling, even though I'm a businessman, has always been to teach, preach, write, and disciple, right. and uh, and build people up in Christ. And so uh, I got out of the hospital. The next day, I called my literary agent, who's been a part of my literary life for decades, and she's awesome. And I said, the one I'm going to start right now, uh, or that I'm going to go ahead and follow through with is the Joseph Principles, because the Joseph Principles is, uh, it's not so much about the life of Joseph. Uh, his, in his life, we see 12 incredible attributes that every believer would love to have, this incredible faith in the sovereignty and love of God, and in spite of terrible, terrible trauma and, and difficulties, uh, this incredible ability to forgive, this intimacy with God to where he could actually hear the whisperings of God to interpret dreams, his uncanny ability to gain a vision for a project, and then not only complete the project, but do it in record time with miraculous outcomes. Mm -hmm. So all those are things we want to have, but he never taught us how to have them. We see him in his life, but he never gave us a single word of encouragement or teaching. Jesus, on the other hand, did teach us how to bring every one of those into our life, how we could have a more intimate relationship with God, uh, how we could hear God's whispers every day, how we could build our faith uh, to a faith much bigger than a grain of a mustard seed. Um, and on and on. And so that's what the Joseph Principles is about. It takes these 12 attributes that everybody would love to have, but gives us the specific teachings, the how-tos, the steps of action that Jesus himself gave us. So they're sure, they're fireproof, they're bulletproof, they're right out of the lips of the Son of God. Boy, that is, it's 
powerful to hear and to think about as so we're talking about Stephen K. Scott's new book called The Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living, which we have up at thebottomlineshow.com. Steve, I've done this. I think a lot of our listeners have done this as well, too. We look at the story of Joseph and we kind of go from the amazing Technicolor dream coat to, hey, it's me, I'm your brother. You know, and we've got a couple of stories right in the middle of all that, but we don't, this, you're actually putting sinew and muscle and, you know, everything on the bones, on the skeleton of right. Joseph's story. How did, was that, how did that transform you? Because I know what it's like to have that moment where, and I think what we all do at some point, where you just literally hit a wall and say, I don't know what to do next. I'm kind of numb. I had these dreams. I had these visions. There was an event or two that happened in life, and then I don't know what to do. But how did God use this story to heal you? Well, he didn't use the story. He used the teachings of Christ that springboard from the story. Big difference, okay? Yes, yes. That, that uh, Jesus made 21 promises about his words that he didn't make about the rest of Scripture. For example, he said, my words, they're spirit and they're life. So often we get Bible studies, we study the Word, we, we go to church, we go to the worship service, and yet there's this place. I have a ministry with um, uh, people who've lost children, unintended. Mm. God just every year brings people in front of me who have just mm -hmm. lost children. And that's a level of pain that nobody that hasn't lost a child can ever imagine. It's a level of grief, and they are in bondage. They're enslaved to this. And Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. So if we're serving grief, for example, we can't serve Christ. Mm. So in the book and in my ministry, in a chapter on grief, we show people how to take their heart back, how to cut those chains that enslave them every moment of their waking day, and how they can now take back the, the control of their heart and surrender it, give it uh, to the man who belongs on that throne, and that's Jesus Christ. But it's, it's something, it's specific things, and this book is not about general principles. This book is how-tos. How do I forgive the unforgivable? There's a chapter on forgiveness, mm -hmm. and uh, C.S. Lewis says everybody thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. <laughs> right, right. Okay, yeah. and I, I've never met a believer who said, yep, forgiveness is a piece of cake for me. I always do it no matter what. Um, I've worked with people whose children have been murdered huh. and uh, and watched them come into this forgiveness of the murderer. Now, not uh, forgiveness has, and we have a whole chapter on forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't uh, reconciliation. Mm -hmm. It's not kumbaya. Come right. on, let's have a hug. None of that. That's irrelevant. Forgiveness literally means in all three languages, Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek, it means to untie and release. Mm. It has nothing to do with feelings. So we show people how they can release. Even I've worked with people who, one lady in Costa Rica whose dad uh, molested her every single day from the time mm. she was four years old till she left home at 14. Mm. And she lives in victory now. She can actually thank God for growing up in that home, not for the evil that her dad perpetrated, but the fact that he was her dad, because we show a technique, and it's right in chapter one, called treasure hunting. And anytime there's this trauma in our life, we can go back to our childhood, we can go back to yesterday. Whenever there's a trauma in the rubble of our life, there's these giant hidden diamonds some are 100 carats, some are 10 carats. And so we show people, this was something Gary and I've used in our counseling ministry our whole life, 
and we, we show you how to find those diamonds. And when you see those diamonds, that's what I did with the lady in Costa Rica. She mm -hmm. saw the diamonds and in literally in 10 minutes, her heart after a year or after years of being enslaved was set free wow. to make Christ master of her moments. I love that. What a beautiful word picture. What a beautiful illustration. And, and what a powerful principle or principles, I should say, uh, from Stephen K. Scott today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called The Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living. We've got a link for this book up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what it means to live with a vision in front of you, but not to be so bound to the past or so beholden to the future that you can't enjoy what God's doing in your life right now in the very present. Uh, more of my conversation with Stephen Scott in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, continuing conversation here with Stephen K. Scott. And what a fascinating testimony Stephen has. He's written about uh, his journey in the brand new book called The Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And since it's Good News Friday, we have a copy of the book to give away as well. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We'll take a quick break here. And as we continue more of this conversation with Stephen K. Scott, talking about what it's like for him to uh, wake up one day and, and realize that he had been going through a bout of depression, kind of despair, and uh, also, you know, looking for guidance from the life of Joseph, someone who also suffered trauma after trauma after trauma, but he wound up using his tool, his, this trauma rather, as a tool to help him in his relationship with God. Uh, the book is called The Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of my conversation with Stephen K. Scott in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. When a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, everything changes. They know that's a baby. And when you partner with us and Preborn, you let them see the ultrasound image and God takes care of the rest. Roger Marsh here for Preborn, our newest member of the Bottom Line Show family. Preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound, hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test, and you'd be amazed at the results. So far for the first half of this year, more than 25,000 babies have been saved through Preborn and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed. Now it costs $28 to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. We tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption. And the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month donation to save a life each and every month. That's less than a dollar a day. 833 850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or click the preborn banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today. Stephen K. Scott is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The brand new book is called The Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and I love the fact that uh, you, uh, you have to figure that a guy like Gary Smalley impacted so many lives, not just because he was so wonderful, but he had a great team around him. And for those listeners who may not be familiar with Stephen K. Scott's name, uh, if you've been benefited from or if you have benefited from Gary's work 
and ministry over the years, of course, now he's with the Lord, uh, that Stephen was a huge part of that. And uh, such a gifted communicator, these Joseph principles that we're talking about, I'm sure are, are huge for people. And yet at the same time, you're mentioning things like grief and you know anxiety, worry, things like that, that we're trying to overcome in the same way that Joseph did. And I'm glad, I'm sure maybe Joseph's glad too, that you're actually articulating these because this is just what he lived as God led him. Because let's not forget every step of the way, Joseph had his eyes on the Lord and said, God gave him this big dream, this big vision. And then it allowed him to wander through these crazy accusations and the journey into slavery and this, that, and the other thing. How do we, Stephen Scott, how do we take a look at the dreams that God has given us and, uh, and, and, and capture them for what they are, which is right now in the moment, not letting the past bind us or the future kind of entice us? Okay, two ways. Uh, I'll give you the end result before I tell you how. But... Uh, uh, we show people a process, how to gain a vision for something. A lot of times people have a cloudy vision. So they're getting married. The wife thinks, oh, he's going to meet all my needs. The husband thinks she's going to meet all my needs. Mm -hmm. uh, six months later, they're ready for divorce because neither <laughs> one of them are meeting each other's deeper needs. Right, right. Uh, and they lose their vision. So we show you how to gain a new vision. It's called birth birthing a vision. And that's one of the chapters how to gain a vision for anything important to you. Now, we did this with my son, who was ranked 20th in the nation in high jump in high school. Wow. And in one year, he, he won the national championship, okay? It's a process called vision mapping. It's creating a Google, Google map. We see where we are now. We see where we want to be in the vision. And then we create a Google map to get there, one road, one turn, one, you know, at a time. And it, it's it's what I did with over a thousand television products that I or projects that I uh, mapped out and ended up writing scripts on. Um, Incredible. But uh, you're the the we have a chapter right behind that called this God cycle for visions, and it's the birth of a vision, death of a vision, rebirth of a vision. So a lot of times we'll gain a vision for something, start to pursue it. I thought God wanted me in business when I couldn't raise my support to go on staff for Campus Crusade for Christ. So I go into business and I lose nine jobs in a row. Oh my in God. Six years, oh, in wow. six years, nine uh -huh. and six. Thinking, God, I guess you don't want me in business either. Then I found out as I treasure hunted that, and we, we show you how to treasure hunt in the first chapter, that each one of those nine jobs actually supplied one skill set. So I ended up after mm. nine, I had nine skill sets. All nine of those were important for job number 10, where we started a business with $5,000 and grew it into multi, multi, multi billions of dollars. Awesome. Uh, if you've ever seen Total Gym on TV with Chuck mm. Norris, and Christy Brinkley, that's one of our projects, one of our wow. companies. So we show people how to go through the birth, death and rebirth of a vision, uh, which Joseph had. That exact thing happened to Joseph. And in fact, it's happened to most biblical characters. They gain a vision for something, it dies, and, and don't panic because there's a new vision coming that'll either be the rebirth of your original vision, but with God's blessing, or it'll be a brand new resurrected vision. I mean, amazing. So we show that. But you mentioned something that's really important, how do we shed all these uh, ropes and chains from our past? Well, we show you a, a, a method. Number one, how to learn God's love language. You've heard read Gary Chapman's book. Well, right. God has his own love language. Jesus revealed it at the Last Supper, and we show that in the book so you can begin to experience a deeper 
intimacy with the Father and Son, not 10 years from now, but moment one of day one. So even you, you can even teach your kids and grandkids how to do this, how they can begin to love God the way God wants to be loved. But we show people, the average person lives 50% uh, of their waking moments in the future or in the past. Hmm. All fears, we know we're in the future if we have fear, worry, anxiety, or stress, because that all comes when our mind's in the future. Right. When, we're, when we have uh, regrets, sorrow, sadness, discouragement, despair, all of that comes when our mind is in the past. And the past can be 10 minutes ago when your wife said something that hurt your feelings. <laughs> it can be uh, as close, the future can be as close as what's for lunch today, what's for right. dinner. But whatever takes you out of that present moment God only dwells in the present moment. All miracles happen in the present moment. And all amazing blessings for you and your heart and your soul are in the moment you're in. But we miss that. So we have a whole chapter. And the chapter is called Turning Off the Power of Your Worries and Fears, Sorrows and Sadness. And it's we show you the red flags that say you're not in the moment. And then Jesus gave us three reset buttons. And anytime we push these three buttons, and you can do it in, in two seconds, then you're instantly in the moment, in the present moment, where God dwells, and where you can be a blessing to anybody else that shares that moment with you. Mm. Powerful, powerful exhortation from Stephen K. Scott today here on The Bottom Line. These principles we're talking about are the Joseph principles, he calls them, turning adversity and heartache into miraculous living. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Steve, you, I, I almost called you Gary for a second because I'm hearing a lot of Gary Smalley. Yeah, <laughs> like, okay, well, I wonder how much Gary was actually Stephen K. Scott. Um, let's talk about uh, the way the book lands because I think this is key. A lot of people are saying, you know what? I don't want to be rich necessarily. I don't want to be this, that, and the other thing but I am looking for happiness. And it seems like for some reason, I keep, it keeps just escaping my grasp. Joseph, you say, had a key to happiness, even though when you look at Joseph's life, you say, wait a minute, it, there were a lot of things that happened in there that would break most people, let alone drive right. them away from happiness. Talk about what that key is. Okay, the key is intimacy with God. Uh, we all go to church, we read the Bible, we go to worship services, and yet that doesn't mean we have intimacy with God. Uh, we learn all about God. We get to know God, but that's not what God wants. God wants us to intimately come into an intimate union with him and the son. And Jesus told us how. Joseph had that. Jesus said, he who hears my teachings and keeps them, he it is who loves me, and my father will love him, and I too will love him, and I'll reveal my heart and my mind. I'll reveal myself to him. So that describes intimacy. We love him by hearing his teachings and doing them, and he in turn opens up his heart and mind and reveals the Father to us and reveals himself to us, and we come into a union. I will say 99% of the evangelical believers I know don't experience that because they don't know what Jesus said. They think Jesus, you know, he gave a command, love one another as I've loved you. And he had a few things like turn the other cheek. They, I, I spent two years organizing the 1900 statements in the gospels uh, into topics. Huh. So I could really see the mind and heart of Christ. And so that's what Joseph had. He had intimacy in all of his success. See, it's not about money. Right. It's about productivity, about achieving what God leads you to achieve, and even what you want to achieve. 
in business. God never said, I'm going to make you a, a fortune in business. I, that was never my goal. I never chased the money. My goal was completing the projects that were in front of me in a way that involved diligence, which God tells me to be diligent, and in a way that was pleasing to God. And so that's, you'll see it in the Joseph principles too, that whole process on vision mapping, birth of a vision, and then just that learning how to make Christ the master of the moment you're in. That in itself is transformational. You get to see Christ in his heart, in his mind. Yes. And it doesn't come through Bible study. It comes through hearing and doing what Jesus said. He gave us over 190 teachings in the New Testament. They apply to anything we go through, a trauma, grief. We have a whole chapter, by the way, on grief and, and how to become the master of your moment in grief, how to be set free, because grief hijacks the soul. It hijacks your mind, your heart, your day, yes. your moments, your minutes, your, you know, it can hijack your whole life. So we show you how to break that too. I love this. It's so practical and yet obviously so scriptural. I mean, the last thing anybody needs is follow these three steps and you're going to have a happy life. Right. Rather, this this has roots, you know, that gives yes. wings. And I, and I love that uh, aspect of this book. Stephen K. Scott, time's by, gone by much too quickly. We'll have to have this conversation again soon. Uh, until then, the book is called The Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living. And we do have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Steve, great to get to know you. Thank you for your passion and for sharing your time with us today here on The Bottom Line. Really appreciate it. Thank you, dear brother. What a great conversation with Stephen K. Scott today here on The Bottom Line. I think if I were uh, writing uh, under a pen name for him, I'd be Stephen Strong <laughs> after talking about the Joseph Principles that he discovered during a season of trauma and heartache. The book, The Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living, is up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have a copy of the book to give away to you right now. Crystal and Teresa are taking your calls at 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. One copy up for grabs, and we'll be taking your calls until the top of the hour. So give us a call at 800-227-5278 and find out how easy it is to win a copy of the Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living by my guest today, Stephen K. Scott. Hey, let's take a quick break. And as we continue, remember the story of Aaron and Melissa Klein? And Sweet Cakes by Melissa was like 10 years ago that the clients got into legal trouble because they refused. Aaron was approached by a couple of women who came into their shop and said, we're getting married. We want to have a, uh, a wedding reception. Will you do a cake for our wedding reception? And he said, well, first of all, same-sex marriage, quote, unquote, isn't legal in Oregon. But uh, <laughs> uh, and plus, we don't do that because we're Christians. They wound up being fined by the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries, a, a whopping $135,000. It wound up putting them out of business. They had to kind of go underground for a while as they were getting death threats. It's a really nasty case. Over time, they've been winning back a bit of their integrity, and there's one final step to take, but it involves getting exoneration from the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, Stephanie Taub with First Liberty is going to join me on the other side of this break to talk about how close they are to getting that case heard and how you can be in prayer for this dear, sweet family. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. Want to continue receiving income into retirement with little market risk? Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services can help you secure a permanent income and benefits addressing your risk tolerance with professional advisory knowledge. 
you have a large 401k or IRA as your retirement nest egg, how about a four-dimensional plan that will pay you and your spouse income for life without stock market risk? How about we include inflation benefits so your income goes up annually? How about we include extra income benefits for long-term care, and if you need one or both, you both have it? That's right, permanent income inflation benefits, long-term care benefits with no market risk. We have put over $50 million of our clients' money in the 4D account in the last few years. These clients are sleeping way better at night. Learn more when you call Wilson Financial today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial, for simply better alternatives. Well, with a name like Sweet Cakes by Melissa, you have to wonder what could possibly go wrong. What, what sinister, diabolical plan could the uh, Klein family be up to? If you had told me back in 2014, the first time I met Aaron and Melissa Klein in person, that we would still be here eight years later, still trying to get some kind of legal uh, remedy for them uh, against the state of Oregon, I would have shook my head and say, there's no way. But Fortunately, there is a great group of attorneys that is working on the case. Uh, today here on The Bottom Line, I'm joined once again by Stephanie Taub, Senior Counsel with First Liberty Institute. FirstLiberty.org is where you find them online. And we have an update to share with you with regarding the, the uh, situation of Aaron and Melissa Klein and Sweet Cakes by Melissa. Stephanie Taub, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Great. Thank you for having me. You know, I remember when Sweet Cakes by Melissa was the kind of organization where I was posting things on their Facebook page or whatever, and Melissa would just message me. You know, I mean, it was that that intimate as far as when Sweet Cakes by Melissa opened up back in Gresham in 2007. And doing the cakes that they did, and we had an affiliate in the Portland area at the time, and they were just very, very nice, genuine people. And then all of a sudden, 2013 shows up, and this is pre the Obergefell decision, pre federal legalization on all fronts of uh, same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage. And the clients wound up getting kind of chewed up and spit out by the whole process. But fortunately, they're still around, and they're still fighting their legal battles. So, Stephanie Taub, would you give us kind of an update? First and foremost, give for those who may not be familiar with the client's story, kind of give us a 60-second overview of what happened to them and then how First Liberty is helping them right now. Absolutely. And, and you are completely right. Aaron and Melissa are the most genuine people you'll ever meet. Um, so we represent them. They are the owners of that family bakery, Sweet Cakes by Melissa. Um, and that bakery was effectively shut down by the state of Oregon because they refused to create a custom cake for a same-sex wedding way back in 2013. And so this case has been making its way through the court system. And we are now, as of a few weeks ago, we are filing um, for the Supreme Court at the U.S. Supreme Court asking Yay. them to take the case and give uh -huh. them a final and full victory. So we are very hopeful that the court will take this case and will actually um, resolve the issues that have been going on for so long. It's ridiculous. I mean, when you think about this, especially when you consider what's happened with case precedent, in the case of Jack Phillips, a masterpiece cake shop, and a Supreme Court victory there that should then make it so easy for the clients to do what they're doing. But they're not exactly dealing – I mean with the state of Oregon per se, right? I mean, we're talking about the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries or whatever that imposed this fine against the clients and then basically tried to shut them down legally. Help us understand what has happened because the business, the brick and mortar store had to shut down. They had to move you know, to their home uh, basically to try to stay in business and pay the bills. Never mind the death threats and all the things that they were getting. They started getting these 
these penalties stacking up against them. And, and the court really ruled, was it the state Supreme Court of Oregon that put all these punitive measures into place against them? So, so you're right. This is the, uh, or it's a state agency, the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industries. That's the one that really went after the clients. Um, and they're the ones, they were also acting as effectively the judge, the jury, and the prosecution here because mm. they are, um, the bully commissioner is the one that's supposed to be the neutral judge. And then everyone that's prosecuting the case is a bully employee. Mm. Um, so this is, the case is stacked against them from the beginning. And mm. the bias here was so strong that even the Oregon courts on, um, after going to the Supreme Court the first time, the, the first time the U.S. Supreme Court sent it back down in light of the Masterpiece Cake Shop decision mm-hmm. and told the Oregon courts to see whether there was anti-religious hostility in the proceedings before the Bureau of Labor and Industries. Mm-hmm. Did they actually get a fair trial or was they were they not neutral toward their religion? And the Oregon courts actually found, um, I mean, it's shocking that they would even admit it, that Boley, the Bureau of Labor and Industries, was not neutral toward hmm. their religious beliefs. I mean, I mean, anyone who takes a look at the record can see um, that, <laughs> can see that. But it, but it was so the evidence was so strong that even the Oregon courts had to acknowledge it. Wow. So, but the fact that they acknowledged that hasn't stopped the fact that yes, there was a hundred and thirty-five thousand dollar penalty against the Kleins when they went online to I don't know which agency it was with GoFundMe or one of the others and tried to raise money to pay off. That fine, then the court shut them down and said, well, you can't raise money because uh, you're convicted of a crime or that type of stuff. I mean, it's just been it's been menacing, uh, to say the least, to see what's happened to Sweet Cakes by Melissa. But I understand that here we are a decade later. The clients have had the opportunity to reestablish their business even as recently as this past year. Is that accurate? So they have left the state of Oregon and they are starting over in a new state and they are looking forward to start reopening a new bakery. And so we are very excited for them. Um, and so that bakery will be opening soon. Well, that's good to hear. I'm talking with Stephanie Taub today here on The Bottom Line, uh, talking about the case of Aaron and Melissa Klein, Sweet Cakes by Melissa, and the fact that the Oregon Bureau of, uh, of Labor and Industries, so that you, you refer to them as bully. And every time you, you say that, Stephanie, I think of B-U-L-L-Y as opposed to B-O-L-I, because it sounds like the, the clients have been bullied pretty hard and harshly uh, with regard to what happened. That the Oregon Court of Appeals upholding the decision against the clients, the gag order's off, and now fortunately First Liberty is in here. Uh, the fact that the uh, the decision has been sent back, uh, you know, vacated and sent back, I'm reading from your, your statement here, but in January of 2022, uh, the Court of Appeals concluding that they did violate the First Amendment rights, but they they are still kind of in a mess here. I mean, in terms of what's happening with the, 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 the damages and the fact that they want complete vindication, even though they're getting these small partial victories. Talk about what First Liberty is doing now to kind of wipe the, the record clean. Yeah, so it's had a complicated history. So it went all the way up to the Supreme Court once, and then it went back down, and now it's going up again. So what happened is um, after the Oregon courts found that there was anti-religious hostility, that should have been the end of the case. But the Oregon courts sent it back down to the same biased agency for more proceedings. Mm. Um, And that's absolutely a violation of the client's constitutional rights. And so we're asking for the Supreme Court to really say, no, you don't get a do-over after yeah. you 
um, when you're supposed to be this neutral judge, this neutral state agency, when you have infected the proceedings with anti-religious bias, with anti-religious hostility, you don't get to just kind of redo it and try again. It, that should be the end. You should let this family let this family go. Yeah, this is going before Pharaoh or the Supreme Court, however way you want to look at it. I mean, the, the clients do have the right to, to go, to be uh, free from any financial burden, any legal responsibility here because their First Amendment rights were violated. Um, are you are you cautiously optimistic that the high court is, in fact, going to take up this case? I am. And one of the reasons for that is they've taken up a similar case um, called 303 Creative, which has to do with a wedding website designer. So it raises a very similar issue under the free speech clause. And so we know mm -hmm. the Supreme Court is interested in this issue and hopefully will protect the First Amendment rights for everyone, um, no matter your beliefs or backgrounds, to not be forced to send a message that goes against your beliefs. And so the outcome in that case could help could help the clients. So whether the court um, take holds the case in light of that other case or whether the court addresses the the separate um, infringements on the client's religious liberty, either of those, I think are there's a good possibility that the Supreme Court will step in here. Well, we're, we're encouraged uh, to know that uh, First Liberty is on the case. The fact that you've had similar, uh, smaller successes in this case, but are now looking for complete and total vindication. Uh, this is what we're talking about when it comes to standing up for religious liberty and biblical justice. And the clients uh, certainly are deserving of it, uh, knowing that the court has ruled so erratically uh, against them and then in favor of them, but haven't given them the clean bill of health legally that uh, they deserve. And I, I think from a, a spiritual standpoint, it's really encouraging for us in the body of Christ to say, look, we don't just go picking fights and yelling, you know, we're taking you to court and whatever, and lawsuit and whatever, just capriciously. But when there is a biblical justification for doing so, um, I think it's important for uh, believers to take that stand. And the clients have done a great job of doing so, uh, done it in a way that I think is very God-honoring and very encouraging for all of us. And Stephanie, help us understand what we're looking at timetable-wise. I mean, just this past month, you've asked the Supreme Court to review. When do you expect to hear back from the high court? And where can our listeners find more information about this case? So we could hear back in December, as early as this December, or it could be uh, they could push it off a few weeks into um, early next year. But we'll be finding out soon whether the Supreme Court will be taking their case. And you can find out more information about the client's case and all of our other cases at firstliberty.org. Okay, firstliberty.org is where you'll learn about what's happening with the case of Aaron and Melissa Klein and also uh, the cases that Stephanie Taub and the other fine attorneys at First Liberty Institute are doing such a wonderful job of uh, handling and, uh, and on behalf of the people who are seeking to find restitution here uh, for these cases involving religious liberty. Stephanie Taub, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for this latest update on Aaron and Melissa Klein, and thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you so much. Great update there from Stephanie Taub. Always great to uh, get that legal advice from her. And if you can learn more about the case of Aaron and Melissa Klein and Sweet Cakes by Melissa uh, when you go to thebottomlineshow.com and click on the link for First Liberty. Some final thoughts in just a moment as this Good News Friday continues right here on The Bottom Line. Don't overpay on interest and fees by going with the wrong lender. Newport Bay Mortgage won't charge you points on your reverse mortgage wherever it is possible for them to do so. You will have peace of mind with the possibility of having additional cash to draw from to pay for unexpected expenses. 
Owner Cliff and his team do what they can to maximize the amount of cash available to you while minimizing the cost of closing. The result of having another stream of income relieves stress that you didn't even know was there. You'll save thousands by working with Newport Bay Mortgage because they avoid charging you points, and they will never tack on unnecessary fees. When considering ways to relieve financial stress in, before, or for retirement, you need Newport Bay Mortgage. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse. Contact Cliff today. Call 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080, NMLS 332-559. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. That is really good news from Stephanie Taub at First Liberty about Aaron and Melissa Klein uh, going from getting this horrific fine and kind of being put out of business. And they've since relocated to Montana. They're operating. They do have a brick-and-mortar store that's open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. You can also find things online that you can purchase there. We'll put a link up at thebottomlineshow.com. Most of that $135,000 fine has been eliminated, but they want the rest of it gone and to have their names cleared. They really didn't do anything wrong, and they were treated unfairly by the Oregon Bureau of Labor and Industry. So I'm glad First Liberty is on the case. Hey, just a couple moments left in our giveaway for Stephen K. Strong's book, The Joseph Principles. I call him Stephen K. Strong. It's Stephen K. Scott. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line show for the Joseph Principles, Turning Adversity and Heartache into Miraculous Living by Stephen K. Scott. Uh, Crystal and Teresa are taking your calls. This is a great book if you have ever experienced adversity or, in, as Stephen put it, the life of Joseph is one trauma after another. And yet what Joseph learned how to do was to take those traumas and turn them into tools that you could use to bring further glory to God. And in doing so, he also gives us a bit of a primer. And I, I agree with Stephen. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone take these principles and put it into a book form like this. But uh, I'll tell you, this is a really, really encouraging resource, especially if you're going through a tough time or have gone through tough times recently and are looking for encouragement. The good news of the gospel is just that meets us where we are in our depth and despair but shows us the way out, which is through the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for you and for me. That is the good news of the gospel, and that is the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, you get uh, Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, more good news in the pro-life community and our Pastor of the Week announcement. That's all coming up next as the bottom line continues. Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh and this Good News Friday edition of the program. We are in the final half hour of the broadcast and that means not only do we have more good news to share with you about good news that's happening in the world around us, good news that's happening with our friends at Preborn, but also it's the Friday edition. It's the last half hour of the program on Friday. Every Friday during the month of October, October is Pastor Appreciation Month and this is Pastor of the Week time. We'll be announcing this week's Pastor of the Week coming up very shortly. I mentioned our friends at Preborn have been having tremendous success with helping people see the wisdom of uh, the sanctity of human life as it's described in God's Word. And there's a new study that came out recently. Our friends at the Christian Post published this. The American Bible Society releases its 12th annual State of the Bible report. It has been doing so for the past 12 years. And the report that was just released this Wednesday focuses on Bible use. And what they found is that Bible users 
are people who say they interact with the Bible at least three to four times a year. <laughs> that isn't terribly a lot. But each one of them says that the message of the Bible has transformed their life. 92% said yes. It's interesting how people who did not meet the criteria for designation as a quote-unquote Bible user did not see it as a source of transformation. But check this out. According to the American Bible Society study, a regular church attender is someone who goes to church basically once a month. A regular Bible user is someone who reads God's Word three to four times per year. For the people who fit that qualification, 92% of them say, say that Scripture has transformed their life. For people who don't meet that description, if they use it twice a year or once a year or whatever, only 38% did. So here's a simple math question for you. If you use something three times a year and you were part of the 92% that said that transformed my life, let me ask you a question. Why not use it the other 362 or 363 days per year? I, I'm, and I mean that sincerely. There's no snark in that comment. I mean that absolutely sincerely. I mean... If reading God's word is transformative, and according to this survey by the American Bible Society, it is. Reading it three times a year, and that could be Christmas Eve, Easter Sunday, and on somebody's birthday or at a wedding. And that little of a usage of God's word you find to be transformational. I don't know about you, but quite frankly, I mean, it's kind of like what Paul says in Romans 6. People have this... This, it had this issue with sin. And he talks about how God's grace abounds for people who are sinning. And basically, the more sin in your life, the more grace of God you experience because you're forgiving the sin. And then he does a very logical thing that our human minds would, would easily turn to. He says, look, so shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? In other words, if a little sin gets you a little bit of grace from God to cover that sin, and more sin generates more grace from God, wouldn't it make sense? to sin more so you get more grace from God. Now, he asks that question rhetorically because quite frankly, it, it, I mean, it, it, we chuckle and go, well, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. I mean, that's kind of like saying, if one donut is good, two donuts are great, right? Well, <laughs> keep eating two donuts a day, and, you know, you, you'll have a midsection like mine. But I, back to what we're talking about, I just find this interesting. It's good news that 92% of Bible users say that Scripture has transformed their life, but it makes me wonder. Now, obviously not everybody in the 92% only use the Bible three to four times per year. But I wonder how many people who kind of snuck in under the radar there. Now, some people, it's a daily occurrence. They, they would use it 365 days a year or 366 in a leap year. But what about the people who, it doesn't say in the survey, how many of the 92% fall into that three to four times per year category? Have we gotten to the point where we really have to lower the bar that much to define who is a regular Bible user? It does speak to the fact, first and foremost, that people under, don't understand the transformative power of Scripture. But secondly, the fact that we wonder why there are so many biblically illiterate people in masquerading as Christians. You know, people who don't spend time. And I'll be honest with you, when you're studying God's word, sometimes you sit down and say, I'm going to mark out 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day and study God's word. Other people, if you work in circles like I do, I'm not saying I don't do that, but if you work in circles like I do, I probably spend my nose in scripture a lot more than 
the average bear simply because of the work that I'm doing. That's not an excuse for not having Bible reading. I still a, a pretty regular uh, one-year Bible reader, though, though I have to admit there are some times where I look at my week ahead and say, wow, I got a meeting here and this kind of schedule, and uh, maybe I'm going to have to do a little catch-up, or uh, maybe I'm going to have to read ahead, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. It, it, it happens. But since 2004, I've been blessed to be able to make it through the Bible numerous times. That's when, and again, I was in my early 40s when I started doing that. I really recommend daily Bible reading if for no other reason. I mean, if you get a, uh, I'm part of a, a group email, I should, uh, <laughs> I'll, I don't think he'll mind me saying this. Dennis Wilson of Wilson Financial sends out a daily kind of a devotional piece. And uh, and I'm in on that. So I get a chance to, you know, I start my day with scripture because I, usually I get a buzz right around the time my alarm goes off, uh, depending on what part of the country Dennis is in or what part of the world. And he starts it out that way. And it's a great reminder. It's a great nudge. Families, if you want to keep together, this could be a good way for you to stay together too. Here's your Bible verse for the day. Something to think about. Something else to think about too is the number of people who will read God's word. And the more they read it and meditate on it and think about it, they will say, you know what? I realize now why so many people are so passionate about the sanctity of human life and life beginning in the womb. There are numerous scriptures that have been assembled over the years that do have, you know, references to God knitting us as human beings together in the womb, us being made in his image. Um, There are some semantical issues that some people will quibble over. Well, it says the Jews are in favor of abortion. Not necessarily. I I do see in scripture and cultural readings where you see that Jewish people did believe, first and foremost, that you have to save the life of the mother if the mother's health and the baby's health were at risk. But that was a huge issue in biblical times that is not really uh, an issue as much today simply because the medical care is available. Does it mean that the woman in question always gets it? Well, um, you can study different ethnicities and uh, see whether or not that's actually, in fact, the case. But the name of the game here is there's a big difference between saying when you are facing a health challenge as a woman and you... uh, have a baby in tow and you have to ask the question uh, are you you know going to save the life of the baby or life of the mother the same way you would when you're in an airplane what happens the oxygen mask comes down and what do they tell the parents put your own mask on first and then tend to your child a lot of people have kind of lost sight of the fact that part of you being a you know responsible parent is making sure that you are able to care for your kid so that's just really basic you know uh, science But it doesn't mean these days that you just automatically abort a child to save a woman's life because in many cases you don't have to. You can separate mother from child by doing an early birth, uh, you know, what they call the uh, premature birth now. I mean, kids being born at 22, 23, 24 weeks gestation, put them in neonatal intensive care, NICU unit, and what do you get? Many of these kids grow up to be perfectly healthy and normal and happy. Not a whole lot of uh, birth challenges. It's amazing. So the idea that you say, well, there's this ancient Jewish tradition that says that mom's life is more valuable than the baby doesn't mean that the baby's life doesn't have any value. It was also referring to a time in medical history where if you did not have the option, you had to make a quick snap decision. I mean, up until a couple hundred years ago, uh, doctors were still using leeches to suck infections out of people's bloodstreams. So, I mean, medical technology has actually... uh, 
kept top pace and actually maybe even outpaced the needs of the culture. And that's a good thing. So the sanctity of human life is huge. And our friends at Preborn, I'm so privileged to be able to partner with them. I encourage you to give them a call. You have an opportunity to save a baby's life right now. There's a woman who's facing a pregnancy that she didn't plan on. And she thinks her only option is to abort the kid or become a parent. And she says, well, I can't, I'm not in a position to become a parent right now. So I guess I'm going to have to have an abortion. She does not know that adoption is an option. She does not know that she'll ever be able to see this child. She does not know that once she does see this child, her heart is going to be so smitten with love for this baby that she's going to say, I will do everything to protect and defend the life of my child. If it means being a mom and making some sacrifices there, I'll do it. If it means releasing that child to, to an adoptive family that wants to love and care for this baby, I'll do it. Whatever I have to do, I will do it. That is what the majority of moms will say. And our friends at Preborn are there to help. First step, look at the ultrasound. Say hi to your baby girl or your baby boy. And then make the decisions based on what God tells you in prayer. Our friends at Preborn have the ultrasound part of the equation all figured out. All you have to do is give them a call and make a donation. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-2229. Make a donation of $28 that provides one ultrasound screening for a woman in a pregnancy that she did not plan on and she does not know what to do. It tells, lets her know first and foremost, this is what your kid looks like. Now let's look at your options with regard to adoption, becoming a mom, or the possibility of abortion. That's, that's certainly something they discuss as well because they want women to be well-informed. We have a goal here at the Bottom Line Show. Between now and the end of the month, I'd like to see if we can get 400 kids saved. But here's the best part of this. Last year alone, Preborn helped over 46,000 babies survive gestation and become born. In addition, though, 4,600 women who were carrying these kids wound up becoming moms and becoming children of the king. That's right, 4,600 professions of faith because of the word that was preached to them. Not always in words, but always in love and actions through the ministry of preborn. Will you support this ministry right now? Every penny you donate to preborn through the Bottom Line Show goes right to getting ultrasound machines. They have other fundraisers that they use for, uh, you know, getting their bills paid and keeping the electricity on, stuff like that. We are here to help them get give ultrasounds to women who need them for free. Your $28 donation provides one ultrasound. We'd like to say that $28 saves one kid, $140 saves five kids, $280 saves 10, $560 saves 20, $2,800 saves 100. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or give a gift securely online when you go to thebottomlineshow.com or kbrightradio.com. There's the preborn banner right there. Click on the picture of that cute little kid wrapped up in swaddling cloths, and you can follow the process. And since 28 is the number that we're dealing with here, I guarantee you, you should be able to make your donation tax deductible within 28 seconds or less when you go online. So kbrightradio.com, thebottomlineshow.com, or call 833-850-BABY right now. Make your best donation, tax-deductible donation, to our friends at Preborn. Okay, let's take a quick break, and when we continue, it is Pastor of the Week time, and our Pastor of the Week winner is, this is kind of a special one, because we have a nominee of, we've had two brothers nominated before, how about a nominee of 
husband and wife. Yeah, let's take a look at their nomination and see who wins. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. Let Wilson Financial Services help you identify proprietary financial strategies for your wealth that work for your life. Let's revisit our one-year CD. Had a client who had $500,000 of retained earnings in his corporation for the last three years. I said, if you'd have put that into this account three years ago, you'd have seventy-five dollars to $100,000 of interest versus what you have now, which is a nice round number. Had a client sell his house, had $450,000 in the bank. I told him, is he really not likely to buy a house in the next 12 months? You want to leave this in the bank earning nothing? Or would you like to earn some interest on it over the next 12 months? So he said, how much? I said, well, how about between twenty and 30000 He says, zero versus twenty or 30000 Yeah, he says, I like the twenty or 30000 Sounds better. Aren't you tired of earning nothing with all the money you have in the bank? Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Well, welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. I already confessed early on in the program. Usually when it comes to this time for the Pastor Appreciation, uh, of Pastor of the Week nominee um, and the winner, I come in. We've got the big fishbowl. All the names are in there. We've got scores of names in there right now. It's been so successful. We're so glad to know how many Bottom Line listeners love their pastors and want them to get these gift bags during uh, or gift baskets during Pastor Appreciation Month. Um, this week I came in and I grabbed the winning name before I walked to the studio. And so I start this program going, hey, da, da. I'm like, oh, sh-. doggone it. Shoot. I, I was going to name the winner, but so I've been kind of teasing it out all throughout the program. But here we go. This week's winner, I'll just do the drum roll on my desk because, you know, I've already drawn the winning name. By the way, Pastor of the Week. Uh, you nominate your pastor or pastors. We've had some husband and wife nominations. We've had some couple of brothers actually won. So it's not just, you know, sometimes people want to nominate their entire pastoral staff. Um, last week's winner was one of the pastors at Calvary Costa Mesa where they have scores of pastors. So to pick one, uh, Pastor Duguid, that was a, that was kind of cool. Um, but you go to kbrightradio.com, K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Coming up is the last week you can nominate, and basically we're cutting off the nominations by next Tuesday. We've got so many in there right now. If you haven't gotten your pastor nominated by next Tuesday, they're not going to make it in the drawing. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, um, Go to kbriteradio.com. You look for the Pastor Appreciation Month banner. And once you have that banner, you click onto it. And once you click onto it, you'll see Pastor Appreciation Contest, and that's where you enter. You put in your name and an email so we can reach you. Then name the name of the pastor that you're nominating and the name of the church, the church's address, the church's phone number, and then you can put down the reason why you want to nominate. And what's interesting is um, you can put, I mean, there's, I don't think there's a limit as to how much you can actually write about how much you love your pastor. And some of these nominations... Man, they are just, you know, um, they're really, um, they go on and on. Very effusive, I guess that was the word I was looking for, as to who the nominees are. Okay, so this week's winner of Pastor of the Week actually is interesting because it is from Harbor Light Church in Costa Mesa. Okay, and Harbor Light Church has an interesting pastoral team because there were three members of this pastoral team. Uh, Pastor Chip Crosby, Pastor Grady Williams, and Pastor Christina Williams. 
And so the bottom line listener who nominated the pastoral team here uh, is a woman called Christina, uh, excuse me, a woman called Tracy, who uh, wrote in, I believe Tracy's a woman from the way I can tell. Uh, Tracy may be a guy, I'm not sure Tracy, but Tracy, thank you so much for writing in with this nomination. And basically said, uh, <clears throat> first and foremost, I want to thank you for your support of sharing these Pastor of the Week things on Good News Friday. Um, this is really great. And, you know, I, I'm glad that they do. I know the people here at Bottom Line Show, this is our favorite time of the week. Um, we, we, we get such a kick out of getting your submissions for Pastor of the Week and knowing that every pastor who wins, we only have five winners because we started, a, I started it a day early. I mean, October 1st was a Saturday. And so we did the first one on September 30th to kick off Pastor Appreciation Month. Okay. The uh, Pastor of the Week uh, deal. We had five of these gift baskets put together. We asked around to the ministries that are regular contributors to uh, the radio stations that carry the Bottom Line show, and in particular, since this is these are all local pastors for KBRT, that uh, we had local uh, ministries that are on KBRT radio. So when David Jeremiah's team, Turning Point, said, yeah, we'll help out, and Charles Stanley team at uh, uh, In Touch, sure, we'll help out too. Uh, Rick Warren's team with Daily Hope, so grateful to have all these different people chipping in to put together this uh, uh, goodie basket, if you will, for the Pastor of the Week. So we have five of these Pastor of the Week gift baskets to give away. And then this is this is my favorite part. I mean, I really honestly believe it. We had a listener call in Bottom Line Show uh, earlier this week. She's a new believer uh, who listens to our Denver affiliate, uh, KLDC, and who, who literally shared with us. She said, hey, I just got saved two days ago. This was on Tuesday. And I don't know why God led me to your station, but he did. I mean, I, I'd never turn on the radio to AM 1220 in Denver, but I did. And I heard your conversation with uh, Michelle Shinoweth talking about uh, the, you know, the wisdom of Solomon in the new book, uh, uh, The Wise Man. And she said it sounded really interesting. She called and said, can I be one of the winners for the book? And we said, absolutely. I mean, how cool is it? Somebody who is literally 48 hours in her faith reaching out to us and saying, you know, thank you for this opportunity to uh, be blessed by what I'm hearing on this station. So KLDC, keep preaching the word, keep preaching the good news and, and uh, you know, these Good News Fridays to be able to punctuate the end of the week and the end of the Good News Friday program by honoring our pastor of the week. Um, it really is good news indeed. And so the winning pastor from Harbor Light Church is, I, I mentioned, they used to have a team of three pastors. Um, Chip Crosby, Grady Williams, Christina Williams. Uh, Chip just retired. And so our nominator said, I, you know, it's between Grady and Christina. May I nominate Christina? Absolutely, you may. And Christina Williams is our pastor of the week from Harbor Light Church. This is really, I mean, it's, it's, it's really sweet to see what has happened here with regard to the church and why this, you know, preaching of the word, especially in the greater Costa Mesa era, uh, area, is so very important. So we'll take a quick break. Congratulations to Christina Williams, one of the co-pastors or the co-pastor at Harbor Light Church nominated for this week's Pastor of the Week Award. And the winner, uh, she's going to get this fabulous prize. I, I sound like a 60s game show now. A fabulous prize package. Uh, she, Christina gets the big 
basket of goodies that we have for each pastor, but maybe more importantly, Harbor Light Church is now also going to be on the receiving end of 100 copies of God's Word, courtesy of our friends of Alistair Begg and Truth for Life Ministries. So uh, congratulations, Christina Williams, Harbor Light Church, this week's Pastor of the Week. Some final thoughts on the church and why the local church is so desperately needed in the modern era coming up next as the bottom line continues when a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time everything changes they know that's a baby and when you partner with us and preborn you let them see the ultrasound image and god takes care of the rest roger marsh here for preborn our newest member of the bottom line show family preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test and you'd be amazed at the results so far for the first half of this year more than 25,000 babies have been saved through preborn and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed now it costs 28 dollars to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. We tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption. And the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month donation to save a life each and every month. That's less than a dollar a day. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or click the preborn banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We have been wrapping up every Friday uh, edition of the program, every Good News Friday, with our Pastor of the Week winner. This week, it's Christina Williams of Harbor Light Church. She and her husband, Grady Williams, co-pastor, and actually... The uh, listener, bottom line listener who nominated Christina said, yeah, you know, Grady's good. Christina's good. I'm going to nominate Christina. I thought, well, good for you. Harbor Light Church uh, literally puts their focus, of course, on the word of God, worship, prayer, gifts of the Holy Spirit, and literally then taking that word to the whole world, displaying God's love in action through the preaching of God's word. And I, and I love that about this ministry because I think of our friends at Through the Bible what was Dr. McGee's mantra all those years ago? We're going to take the whole word to the whole world. And as I started the hour here with the good news story about the American Bible Society and the good news that 92% of Americans who were surveyed by the American Bible Society who are d- deemed to be regular Bible users said that the Bible has been transformative in their lives. That's the good news. The not-so-good news is that what defines someone as a regular Bible user in 21st century America in the year 2022 is somebody who reads the Word of God three to four times per year. And so the fact that Christina Williams now will get this really great gift basket courtesy of the uh, aforementioned ministries that we talked about in the last segment that uh, put together all these resources for each of the pastors who win uh, our drawing for Pastor of the Week. The 100 copies of God's Word that will now be donated to Harbor Light Church, courtesy of Alistair Begg and Truth For Life Ministries. That's key. That is absolutely key. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes through the Word of God. We, we hear God's Word spoken to us. We hear it sung to us. We see it lived out, but we also can read it on the printed page. And brothers and sisters, the way the world is going, and especially here in California, if Governor Newsom is getting his way with the sanctity of human life, 
and trying to make it so that a woman could abort a child, that, that they would have a, an abortion industry come into California that just beefs up what they're already doing and potentially kill 1.3 million children every year, and that the kids would make a pilgrimage here that because their parents would bring them here to be killed. It just sounds like Molech all over again. And we have to be ready for the signs of the times. We have to do what we can. Like we mentioned, supporting preborn with a donation of $28 to save one child's life because mom gets to see an ultrasound. The left doesn't want you to see an ultrasound because they know if you see the baby, you'll see the humanity of the baby. You'll see that baby's face and kicking legs and hands. You'll see how human that child really is. It's not just a cluster of cells. It's not just something you could just evaporate and it goes away. That's a human being. That's a living being, but a human being at that. But this is how left, leftism has just corrupted society. So the answer for us is to support organizations like Preborn, to support the local church, to make sure that we get as many copies of God's actual word in print in the hands of people who can read it because there will come a time. China's been successful in shutting down internet frequencies. We can't always rely on that online app we used to use, we use on our phones. We need... and the cell of God's word, you watch, there could come a time very, very soon where the state of California comes up with a politically correct Bible and says, see, we didn't eliminate the Bible, but this Bible doesn't violate our hate speech laws. And now that old copy of scripture that you have may be way more precious than ever before. Churches preach and teach God's word. Distribute copies of God's word. Make sure that you show reverence to it. Read it. No clean pages in your Bible, none. Make sure that you're reading it and you're marking it up and you're talking about it with each other. And if you have a disagreement about something, reason together as iron sharpens iron together. Find a church like Harbor Light in Costa Mesa and make that your church home. Start a church in your own home if you can't find the church that's going to work for you. But this is the time for the church to band together, not to come up with really great programs and slick graphics and super visuals for our online video streams but to preach and teach God's word so that none might be lost that everyone that God Jesus says I will not lost any to whom the father has entrusted to me and it's our job to go into all the world and preach the good news of salvation for our sins to everyone that is the good news and that's the bottom line